Houston, we have a problem. Good morning, Murray Walker. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I came to the first one and I've been to all the other six. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Like the heart rate of skyrocketing. Gentlemen, start your engine! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotmap, thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little, uh, um, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotmap. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Good afternoon, Radio Still a little boy wee 14 years after she'd become a girl. <laughs> legs are up. <laughs> Dogs are in, legs are up. I don't know what's the matter with it. Why does she do that? She's got the sniffies. What? Just in case it runs it's back. It's like stood on the grass. Just in case it runs back and she's standing in it. <laughs> or downhill grid. That's it. On the downhill grid. Right, uh, 246. 246. G'day viewers, and welcome to Radio Hotlap, episode 246. That zany, crazy, silly occasional. podcast Very that occasional. looks at the world of motorsport, national and international, emerging technologies, gadgets, and barbecues. Fuck all barbecues, according to folks. Well, according to folks, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we don't count folks. Folks wouldn't know how to bloody cook a barbie if one jumped up and bit him on the ass. Even, even if he was in Texas. That's right. The Longhorn... Talking of Longhorns and Texas, just quickly because I know we're not. We, I know we go in there later, but did you see the PR stuff that International sent out this oh, morning? Yeah. How's that? How's Lounzo with his cowboy outfit on and his bloody ten-gallon hat, man? Honestly, what a laugh! What a laugh! I don't know if International's actually doing all that stuff. No, I don't know. But he, he can't be in all those places at the same time, can he? He must get <laughs> taking made. all those photos and then doing all that video. No, I don't think so. He oh, must he'd, have he'd underlings have, now. He'd have Dick Roll in there. Yeah. Um, and Hall, and, and Edgy doing mm. the shoots. Yeah, Edgy would be right, racing around, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, Paul gets an edgy, edgy pricing on the shots. <laughs> so what are you having to drink anyway? Well, that's an interesting story. I thought I'd uh, go down the road and uh, get a bottle of something, a nice red. And I thought I'd get a Penfolds Thomas Highlands. Which was on special, and I picked up the bottle, and they went. Actually, it was a two for one deal. I went, well, I'll I better have, have two that. then. I have that. All right, yeah, well, no, don't leave the other one. And uh, and the guy says to me, "Have you tried the Chardonnay?" I said, "No, I haven't." And he goes, "Oh, it's really good." And I went, "Oh, okay, I'll yeah. keep that in mind." That's right. But I'm drinking red now. That's right. Until I got home to realise I had the Chardonnay. <laughs> so why me... did he ask you if you'd had the Chardonnay? I don't know. Perhaps he was going, have you had the Chardonnay? As opposed to, have you had the Chardonnay? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh well. So, you had to walk back and uh, get some more, did you? <laughs> and I said to the guy, back again for a couple more bottles. <laughs> Already. And there they were, the red sitting next to the, and not the, next to the white, absolutely on there up on special, sitting out like Jackie. Whoever Jackie was. Jackie. <laughs> Sitting up like Keith. Jackie. Um, and other than the shape of the bottle, which is duh, should have looked at that. Um, you just yeah, they're pretty much the same. So it's a, you know, unfortunately, it's a Highland Cab Sad, not a Highland Shiraz. Right. I, I'll even mess that up too. I didn't oh, look well. closely at that. So what's it like then? You know, I'll tell you. Right. That's a good idea. It's not unpleasant, JP. Well, there you go. That's good then. So you can ask me what I'm drinking? Yeah, what are you drinking? <laughs> a, um, back to the Peroni Leggera. As opposed to the Super Leggera. Replaced from the stolen edition. That's right, exactly. Yep. It was in the fridge, and then it wasn't in the fridge. And now it's back in the fridge. It's amazing. It's all done my mirrors, I reckon. 
It's been an interesting week. Well, why didn't we do a show last week? We didn't because do a show. Because you weren't last... here. That's right. I was not here because I went up for my birthday and Mother's Day and Princess Tildering and we also thought we'd do it every couple of weeks. We didn't do one the week before because you were somewhere. Oh, whatever. Well, we didn't have enough to talk about for three weeks. But who cares? <laughs> you know, you know, the viewers probably it's do, asymptotic. Two fifty is asymptotic. It's a bit like the two hundred. <laughs> you slow down and then you speed up. But I, you know, I've got to tell you, it's been a very interesting week. There's been lots of business going on. But you know, I got this. I, I won't go into specifically what it is. I got this request, this yep. tender request, um, from a government department to build a. Uh, a a, a, a new website for what they have is a very ugly website at the moment, right. and it's a society website. You know. And they want an unugly one. Well, what they want is they want one update all the web pages in collaboration with a member, right? Uh, to achieve a fluid and functional system that can be managed and updated by them using a content management system, right. with a, a setup of a database for the memberships where every member can get in and modify their account and passwords and pay for everything online, get tax receipts, welcome letters, thank you, uh, automatic generation of renewals, late renewals, penalty to reminders, uh, non-financial members have all sorts of different tiers of membership. The email database, which is rather vast, you know, or linked up with another society and their journal newsletters automatically send an email, lovely rich HTML email like International Poorly does, yep. uh, and available to, off to the publisher as well for printing in their regular journal, and um, an online voting system. They also want a, a financial gateway, which obviously they, yep. it was implied by the last thing, but they thought that, um, instruction booklets for, for all the members. Uh, search book. Oh, you mean online? How to use as download. No, no, oh, how are you using your booklet, site? A physical Not, booklet. Right, okay. Right. Not search a PDF. engine optimisation, whatever that means. Couldn't you just say, you have arrived at the new site, download the PDF Not on how to use it? this paperwork. And okay. the capacity of sponsors on the site. Well, they'd like to see, you know, what I've done in my entire working life and, and right. significantly have I done anything for professional societies. Uh, the integration of financial systems, management of conference, and uh, how much time it would be provided. Well, they sent the they sent the request out uh, to ten people, right? And I had a conversation with the person just now, saying, "Well, without a doubt, can you give me a, a bit of a frame? Give me an idea about of what you think, think goes, what, what, you, what you think your budget is for this." And uh, and they went, oh, really? We, we couldn't really say not because they didn't want it to be private. Mm. Said we, we we just don't really know. I said, look, you know, we're building your Meccano website, your Lego website, relatively easy once we define what the hell you want. Yeah. But but until you do that, and you've got such a shit website anyway, you're going to have to do user interface design and determine how that information is going to be delivered, and that needs to be done up front. Yeah. Because building is another thing. And uh, you know, and I can certainly do that. And I'd, I'd, I would I'd, would like rather you hire me on an hourly basis or a one or two day basis to get that over the line to do that. You know, and on. So you've got the framework with which to exactly, and then you implement it. And she goes, "Well, that sounds great." And I said, "Well, have you got any idea? Because I think this this website, this whole thing is is a thirty to fifty k job." Yeah. And she goes, "Oh, we've got we've only got a couple of thousand dollars. <laughs> a couple of thousand, well, maybe a few." <laughs> Yeah, sure. I said, well, get ready for the Indians. <laughs> but isn't that just... Like, you know, I'm sorry you if you don't have any... But we, we don't have any money and we want all this. That's Who right. the hell's going to do it? And, and then said, don't waste too much time. She must be it. working for the government. She said, you've not... You said, it's such a nightmare managing the financial stuff. I said, I know, because you work for the government. <laughs> and it's just one of those, like, look, I could... You know, but, you but everything else the government does quadruples the budget. So, really, that few thousand could actually mean 15,000. Well, why can't it blow out? Well, uh, well that is we blow out. Yeah. You well, can blow it out much further if you've only got a few thousand. Well, I mean, how much of a surplus would we have after <laughs> this is done? <laughs> oh, well, actually, you should, you should take the government tack. You should say, look, we're going to have to go into deficit for this, but over the next four years of site usage... You'll get back in the black as and long as you keep paying me a couple of grand a month. And, 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 and on, <laughs> just commit. And on the basis that you know we're putting solar cells on the roof of the society 
to power the servers, <laughs> um, uh, basically you'll be getting cash back from the carbon generation. That's it. And, and, and even though it's going to go up before it goes back down, um, and that the bloke that's talking all that shit this week will be out of a job. Yeah. Um, but they'll end up in front. Of course they will. Like, the country's going to end up in front. In front of what? In front of where they are now. <laughs> what? Where is that? Slipping <laughs> into a, billion deficit. Slipping into a... It's, no, it's not. It's, it's 19.8. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't you read it today? It went up overnight. <laughs> it, goes, it goes up every time you read it. <laughs> I don't read it. <laughs> I, I, anyway. have the, I have the Sebastian Vettel approach to media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel. Ta-da. Talk we better get on with it. Yeah, we've got You want to go on... You want to get... You want to get the shit... What shits you first out? What shits me? Adobe oh, I don't know Cloud. No, 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 no. Oh, that's old news now. No, but we haven't talked... Everybody. But we haven't... But you no, haven't, we haven't talked about You haven't extolled right. your annoyance right. on the show right. about how you know, you've had your lunch but cut. we should be doing that at the tech, uh, tech time. I just thought you might have wanted to get your ugly bits out. No, that's all right. I'll do it later on. All right. I'm only going to give it a passing glance anyway. Well, <laughs> <Not> backhander. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Hey, Maybe do you know that more than Do you know those chips that you, the bag of chips you left here? Oh yeah, where are they? I'm where do you think they went? The they didn't go in the same direction as the beer. Absolutely, along with all the cheese. Cheese and chips. Very good. Very wholesome diet while you were away. Last night. All we <laughs> Where's <up>? the cheese? <laughs> it's gone. Uh, Peter Russell. G'day, Peter. G'day, Russell. G'day, Clark. Clark. <laughs> hey, get no, face. we won't go there. Right there. All right. So Bernie's in trouble, potentially. In trouble. <laughs> According to the finally, media. finally, he's been indicted on a breach of. He hasn't actually been indicted. They no, apparently uh, the way that they works, uh, they are going. They it looks as apparently. He's going to be indicted. There wow. has been a recommendation to indict him. That's no right. papers have actually been signed. Well, apparently the way that it works in Germany is that they get all the shit together and say, look, this is what we think's happened, and then a judge reviews it, and if he thinks that it's a goer, then they get indictments. Or then he gets the come in here and explain, tap on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's so at the moment, he's supposedly not worrying about well, it Well, it's going to again. You know, he said something about they haven't told me about the charges. Well, that's and the, so that's the end of that's the I end haven't of done anything Formula about One it. at Hockenheim and and uh, and the Nurburgring, isn't it? He says, I like the I like the line where he says, "If I have to get bothered, then I'll get bothered." <laughs> so it's like, well, I'm not worrying about it right now. Life carries on, but if I do get tapped on the shoulder, well, there you go. So who knows? And that's a pretty good attitude to take. Yeah. Well, he's got apparently he's got one of Germany's top law firms, Thomas Decker's Wernheit Elsner, Elsner, and his usual team of lawyers in England working for him on the case. So there you go. Well, they get <laughs> paddock passes. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Hello, boys. Can you fix this little problem for me? You can have grid passes for every Formula One event for the next three years. He'd be on the phone. Bernie'd be on the phone to International Paul. He'd go, "Look, I've got these lawyers coming over. Can you organise the overfence job?" Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so it says here, once a person is indicted, the case is transferred to the courts where a judge will determine if the evidence warrants a trial. There you go. Aware of the circumstances, Eccleston remarked, they will probably be forced to get rid of me if the Germans come after me. It's pretty obvious if I'm locked up. I like that. <laughs> I'll go and see you. I believe I'm going to get locked up at 82. He's been locked up before, hasn't he? Maybe locked up. <laughs> Uh, Not a chance he's going to go, go inside. They put an 82 year old away. Oh, that's right. They just he played hardship. But he doesn't look 82. Especially with his hair combed forward all the way it is. You know, I can say, oh, sorry, Mr. Eccleston, we thought you were only 63. <laughs> Maybe he'll comb it back. Maybe he'll go and live with Christopher Scase. Christopher Scase isn't living anymore. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Oh, that's all just a cover-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely, you know. So he paid that you heard, from, you heard, about, heard from Pixie lately? <laughs> he's having a nice time under another haircut down in Mallorca. Right. Still. I'll tell you. It's, not, Chris, it's no longer off with the Pixies. Mate. 
Christopher's case at all. Why do you think that Amanda Vanstone decided to go and live in Malta? She'd be like the, she'd be like the sort of the guardian lighthouse of the Mediterranean. Lighthouse. So, you know, you know, I know you're on the seas around here. It should be like the pirate ships of the uh, west coast of Benghazi Strip. <laughs> Poker. But anyway, Pirelli suffered a backlash. A backlash, I tell you. Oh, after the Spanish Grand Prix. It was a backlash. Martin Brundle started it on the commentary. It's a little bit too much chilli. <laughs> in the In the Pinto. They said, look, we don't mind two or three stops, but four is a fucking joke. Pack it in, Pirelli. Give us some tyres that will last a bit longer. He's he's fucked. That's bullshit. No, that's... That whole thing makes it interesting. Well, it does make it interesting, but it made it... it, You have to admit, it did make it rather too interesting. the same for everybody. I know it's the same for everybody. The argument is that... The argument really is that some cars are light on tyres. Oh, absolutely. And and some aren't. That's why most of my Mercedes qualifies good. Yeah. But they grain up and don't race well. That's right. And Red Bull, similarly, not as good in the race as they are in, in exa- Exactly. Some some are just simply better on tyres over time. And um, it appears the, the, the Ferrari and the, the, the low tyre. Yeah, and, and, and they've also got clever thinking drivers that probably know how to regulate the tyre. Rusty Sausage, why are you looking at me? <laughs> The tyre temperatures, those eyes. Yep. Um, just manages to... They would, they would know how to do that. But some of it's going to be aero, for sure, as well. Because, I mean, you know, like if, you, if you look at the cars that they were saying were going the quickest in the straight line, they seem to be less uh, grainy on tyre, on rears, um, than the ones with the high downforce that don't go so quick in a straight line but are quick around corners. So there's that real juggling act to do. However, at the end of the day, the tyre sets are available to everybody, and there's a choice on the pre, mm. the regular, and the prime tyre, and perhaps the the, the selections for the events are not perfectly, you know, the, the most well matched because we know Catalonia is a high grey, as a, a high wear track. Yes. That perhaps they should have used a, a couple of different compounds, but. The fact well, is that, you know, they what they did is they were, the company was asked to build tyres yes. that would make overtaking possible. And when I think, and conversely, they went back and said, well, hey, we'll make concrete tyres again for you. I think that was the terms they said. We'll make concrete tyres again for you if you want to do processional racing. Well, yeah, I mean, basically what they're trying to do now is, is come up with a happy medium. And, you know, Paul Hamble at Hambury, I always want to call him Hambury, the Pirelli Motorsport uh, chief, reckons that... They're going to go back to from uh, Canada. They're going to go back to a more durable compound that's closer to what they were running last year, um, in an effort to at least get the cars to run at the speeds that they've been designed to run. And I think that's really the issue, and that's one of the things that Brundle did say in the commentary, which I totally agree with, is that you don't go to a Grand Prix to watch cars doing three quarters of what they're capable of. You go to a Grand Prix to watch cars doing 100% of what they're capable of, and when they're worrying about tyre wear that much, they can't be doing that, so they're not racing properly. It, there, there, is a, there, is a, there is an element of, of correctness in that, that when, you know, you get Lewis on the radio asking his, his, his you know, <laughs> can, I, can I push now? Should mm. I push or should I go? There's no need to push. Mm. So, and, 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 I can tell you from my experience in, in off-road motorcycle racing, in enduros, I found it more difficult to not push than it was to push because my concentration yep. level was up and I've, always, I've injured myself um, when I have been the most... injured myself more when I'm not pushing than when I am yeah, pushing. because the level of concentration drops off. And, and you're just not as mm. on, as sharp on the car. And, and, and it's harder for people to, for them to know that, know what to do there. You go, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make much sense from that perspective. So, look, I can see it from both camps. It's certainly, it's certainly made it interesting. You don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. All the engineers will be getting, will be getting sleepless nights. Oh, well, actually, down. no, they wouldn't be getting sleepless nights. They just wouldn't be getting any sleep. That's right. Is that the same thing? I think so. 
Think you don't get any sleep tonight, or you get a sleepless night. You have a sleepless night, which means you haven't had any sleep. So you just have go to bed and might as the office. That's work right. out these toys. Yeah. Or work out better aero that doesn't... What it has... And what, what it has also done is it showcased just how good Pirelli is in being able to tweak tyres. Yeah, true. And, you know, from... The, Pirelli went into it to get attention for their brand. Well, they're sure getting it. Oh, yeah, they are. And what do they say? Doesn't matter if it's good news or bad news, as long as it's news. And I think, you know, I think you're dead right there. I think from a Pirelli perspective, they're getting so much more coverage and and publicity and everything else than, say, Bridgestone did for all of those years that Bridgestone... I mean, you know, cars were just running the whole race on one set of bloody groove tyres. But that that was was when they tended for it. Yeah. They went, look, we, we, we... you know, the basically said, let's spice up the racing. Well, it mm. certainly has. The unpredictability is what people come to see. So, you know, now you're going... Uh, Brundle is a, is a, a racer, yes. right? He comes from that background. He doesn't want to be... You know, he's doing sports car racing. He doesn't want to go to Le Mans and go, well, the thing's gone off in three laps. You want... Drivers want consistency. They mm. want m- gradual drop-off, and these things seem to tend to drop off a cliff. So they've got to yeah. factor it in and stuff like that. But it's tactical and it's interesting. It oh, it certainly And it also means that it's, it, it's, it shows team playing and the whole engineering of the team to get, to get it all done and figure it out. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it needs to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, and I think that's what they're aiming for. So if they can get it back to two tyre changes a race or even three on some of the circuits where they're running softs, well, that's fine. But if you but look at... Look, it was a bit of a joke. It, it not, was a bit of a joke. Well, but let's look at... Let's, let's take it to a slightly... on a different angle and not necessarily tyres, but you get a changing of the guard and people start, people start going, oh, like this. You know, you don't hear Red Bull carrying on when they get a victory and when they fall off the podium, they go, oh, the tyres are fucked. Mm. Okay, but you look at V8 supercars and you've got the introduction of Car of the, Car of the Future, Future here, yeah. and suddenly you've got Brad Jones Racing, which is the only mm. team in Albury, seems to have unlocked the potential of how to make the car work on the various tyres at the earliest possibility. True. And the other guys... Are all with playing catch-up. Well, it's not, it's not like there's any shortage of, of expertise oh, you know, in, in other, other major teams, yeah. but the fact is that those guys seem to have worked it out and from my understanding is that, that those guys are building all the components themselves in, in the house. Mm. You know, you're not getting you're not getting Red Bull Racing or Triple Eight yeah. components mm. are not being shipped down to, to Brad Jones Racing. Yet Triple Eight components are shipped down to Nissan. Mm. Mm. And you you can't help but think that there's always going to be a little bit of up our sleeve from the <laughs> manufacturer, <laughs> even though it is you know, you know it's yeah, a control I, formula yeah. and no one. It's not cheating. No, of course not. It's all, there's all there's never heat. been any cheating in motorsport. Only when you get yeah. caught. That's right. Mm-hmm. You never achieve until you get caught. But uh, talking of Lotus, I mean, you know, Kimmy's <coughs> done very well, but he hasn't won yet. And apparently Gerard Lopez, the um, owner of Lotus, is very frustrated about it. More frustrated than delighted about missing out on victory again. But everything's going good, so... There you go. They need both cars in the points, though, because of Grosjean. Now, that was interesting. Do you think that Gerard Lopez... Lopez. <laughs> Lopez. Lo- Gerard Lopez. Lopez, Lopez, Lopez. He's having a sleepless night as well? Probably. Probably is. Is but he not getting... Easy? Is he having a sleepless night, or is he getting no sleep? <laughs> he's getting no sleep. Here's some <laughs> chips, mate. But he's positive about the rest of the year. There's some chips in there. There's there's some crumbs, viewers. We should take a photo of that and use it as the hero shot. No, we're not. We've already got a hero shot. (laughs) But they're the the ones that... They're the scraps. From a previous adventure. Scraps of boy dog. (laughs) From flying high, remember that? You can't look a (laughs) G-H-I-T-M. But back to Grosjean. What about that? Now, do you think that would have worried Kimmy? But well, they probably wouldn't have told him what Grosjean's problem exactly was anyway. Well, maybe the radio. his were Grosjeaning up a bit. But, you know, for, to have a suspension failure, that's, I would have thought that was something fairly major. Interesting, but, I was reading some, reading some reports and I heard there was nothing I've yet to hear, anything from anyone, 
about what that what that cause was. What do they think that it was going to like barrel roll into the darkness? No, I don't think that was the thing at all. But it was it, it was obviously a component failure. One would one would imagine anything about it. The fact that there's been but, nothing said about it's pretty interesting. Well, there you go. But there was some interesting um, interesting uh, statistics that came out of last weekend's Formula One race. I have to say, because so far this season, how many laps? have been run behind the safety car. Very few. Zero. Still oh. zero. There's been no laps so far this season run, run behind the safety car. Is that is, right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy, isn't it, when you think about it? Because I, I read it and I went, is that right? And then I... Th- well, I did think to myself, that there's been yeah. very, very few shunting. Mm. Shunt- there no. hardly any shunting this year. Well, they're too busy looking after their tyres. <laughs> <laughs> they shunting. Well, that goes out my, my theory out the door when you're not... And then the more statistics... Catalonia was Alonso's 32nd win, which means he surpasses Nigel Mansell's 31, and he's now fourth on the all-time list, with only Senna, 41, Prost, 51, and Shuey, 91, ahead of him. Now, isn't that weird, though, the way the breakdown? You go from Shuey at... It's all ones, 91, and then 40 off, you get Prost at 51, and then take 10 off of that, and you get Senna at 41, and then you had Mansell on 31. But I did hear a bit is of a conspiracy spooky? theory. A bit of a conspiracy theory, which is utter nonsense. Conspiracy utter nonsense. Yeah. Was that when the, uh, Fernando stopped to pick up the Spanish flag, Yes. Um, that the inside of the tube had a large piece of lead, which he would then take <laughs> out to rebalance up the car with weight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a load of old cops. Well, no, because the other teams were protesting him stopping from right. doing that, picking up the national flag. Yeah. And so maybe they need to have a rule and say, look, if, uh, oh, oh, well, it was going to be, who's got the lead flag? Who is it? <laughs> yeah. like, I really can yeah. focus on the sea of 10,000 flags in my home country. <laughs> pick me, pick me. So, you know, like sort of, you do. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that people would think like that? I mean, where, what's the world coming to? You've got to love the conspiracy theories, though, don't you? Always. Oh, yeah, you know, let me just say this. By 2015, I won't be living in Australia. <laughs> Is that right? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Uh, yeah, it was a, it, a caterer. When Van der Gaard par, uh, pitted and, uh, <laughs> for his new tyres on lap 20 and then reported the right rear felt, felt weird and then it flew off, they got fined 10,000 euros for that. And apparently the stewards, and I have to quote this, this is really good. The team were fined 10,000 euros because, now this is the bit, this is the official statement. The team instructed the driver to drive the car back to the pits, even though they were aware of the wheel not being attached correctly. Illegal wheel. Well, there you go. So, ho-hum, ho-hum. Well, they probably were worried that the Spanish crowd would, like, would would rat it. (laughs) Take the turbo off it to find out it didn't have one. Uh, so, yeah. What, so it's steering but wheel. Fernando was, Fernando was good. Oh, Daniel Ricciardo, he was very good too, I thought. Tenth in the Toro Rosso, so in the points again. Um, but apparently, because he was up to about fourth or fifth there when all the pit stops were happening, so he was going really good. But uh, supposedly, he had a really good like purple patch in the middle and then... Towards the end, he had tyre and front rear balance bloody issues as the fuel load lessened, so that stuffed that up a bit. But still look, looks good for them. I, th- I think he's doing a good job. Good job indeed. And he looks even better now than he used to, because he's got all those tram lines off his teeth. Who? Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> well, I don't know. I never... It looks better. I don't know. I don't know what you're looking at. Now, look, JP, credit where credit is due. Yes. Um, because I've been... I recently had the, had the pleasure of having a, a, an, an interesting conversation with uh, GP Scalwood r- journalist Joe Sayward and uh, have taken to reading his um, uh, Grand Prix Plus uh, magazine, which is actually damn good. And, and it's, I thought it would be a bit heavy to digest, but it's right. not. And there was a lot of insider sort of stuff. And, and, uh, and, and, and It's only available online, isn't it? Yeah, it is yeah. available online. And I might say... For a very reasonable <laughs> thirty pounds per annum, um, which in basically a yeah, season to season, so it's 
It's it's not like F1 magazine. It's not Autosport. It's there's no advertising. It's insider curious tidbits. Right? Is it tidbits or tidbits? Well, it's tidbits theoretically. That's what but Apple used to say, say when they were installing tit-bits. it. It's like t- installing tidbits. Yes. But I'm sure it's tit. Tit. Yeah. Well, maybe they're just being PC. And uh, and I, I won't show us your tids. One shall not. So you, you'll find them at grandpreplus.com, um, and then you know, links to various things. And uh, Ozzy's been very kind to me with some information recently. And uh, thank you for my introduction from La Um But one thing I will say, and as I, as, I, as a caveat, saying that you know this is not my journalism. Right. It's fair to say that his recent Spanish Grand Prix issue had a, a very interesting story about uh, Helmut Marco, mm. who we all deem as the, the, the villain. <laughs> That's right, as, as uh, Mark Webber's ne- nemesis. But it's uh, when you delve in, it's an eight-page article, and it's very, very interesting. I, I had no idea in 1971 that he won the 24 Hours of Le Mans oh. in a Porsche 917 and uh, had uh, gone to school with, I will not say who it is, a right. very well-known... Uh, Ex Formula One world champion, right? Um, and they were they were they were terrorists. Both got expelled. Is that right? Both and, and I can only suggest that you subscribe and for a find out who very reasonable price. Thirty pounds. Uh, thirty pounds, which is um, oh, I think what, much the same as a very reasonable price from Daily Sports Car. Yeah, they seem to be all very reasonable people, they don't they? They're all about the thirty quid mark. Because <laughs> there's a little bit more now if you're subscribing from Australia. Now our dollar's down below parity. <laughs> Isn't it funny when all of them are fucked off to Texas? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, they've probably been watching and going, and, uh, shit, that's another two tyres we can't afford. And uh, despite, uh, well, not despite, despite's not the word. And, and on, on top of that, although that may be of no consequence to any of the other viewers, it appears that, that Joe is a bit of a train nutter. Oh, having oh, taken oh. a high-speed train back from Barcelona, Barcelona. to his, uh, his digs in Paris. Right. And uh, having done the Does fast train down... Paris? Does he live in Paris? He just outside Paris, didn't you tell me? Outside, you know. Penitentiary. Might be that sort of, you know, Versailles, the castle. Or fucking <laughs> <laughs> and, but having taken the fast train to and from Le Mans many times, and also up from Lake Annecy, um, luxury, I like it. Luxury, good trains. I like trains. Can't beat good trains. I know you like trains. I like trains too. But it's it's just, it's and it cuts through the backyards of people's lives. Ooh, do you like that? That was a bit deep, wasn't it? A bit deep. Well, you know, you, when you do, you go through. Tra- look, look at the old cockle train. Mm-hmm. You know, you, when you're cruising down there, it's like, oh hello, don't have you washing out while I'm driving through. Yeah, well, it's the same as when you're in London. They just well, go out on any of the bloody great. main lines in London, and you're going past the back of everybody's houses. Yeah, Clapham Junction, yeah. bang. Oh, Clapham sorry, right, same line. Used to go to school there. How about that? Anyway, busiest railway junction in the world it was for until many many until years. It, I'm not sure whether it still is. Bang. Anyway, trains are us. Trains are us. What if anyone does a train podcast? I don't know. But what would you talk about? Trains. Yeah, but how would you make it interesting? There'd be all sorts of after-dinner shunting activities and, the, you know, the, the con- Ava Marie Saint. You know, how she ordered the trout. The brook trout, in fact. And Joe from Bordertown would ring in and tell you about the double header that just went through with the 900 freight carriages. And then there'd be, you know, like... And then there'd be, you know, that, that sort of... Did you say that that train was a runaway? <laughs> well, let me tell you, someone's pulling the cord. <laughs> what movie was that from? Runaway Train with John Voight. Yes, it was too. That was a good movie, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Father. Supposed yes. father. Yes. Supposed father. Is that right? Is he only supposed it, is it? I'll get you, Rankin! I'll get you! I'll get you, Rankin Springs! Rankin Springs. <laughs> you got the Bathurst. Rankin Springs on the way to Bathurst. Right, I move on. Oh dear. The pub yeah. on the corner. Where are we up to, mate? Texas? Yeah, I reckon. Well, since you're in the, talking that accent, boy, I think we better head off to Texas. 
<laughs> Apologies for the abysmal viewers. Oh, jeez. Look at that. You know, 4.30am. I know. Hey, I've, look, I actually noted it all down. Look at this, right? What's this our, is, what's our this is Eastern Standard Time, so we're half an hour behind. But practice one today is on at ten past midnight tonight, or tomorrow morning, I should say. Practice two is 1.40am tomorrow morning. Practice three is 4.55 tomorrow morning. And practice four is 6.15 tomorrow morning. And then, tomorrow... Qualifying is 1.05am on Sunday. Oh, I'm going to have to get that schedule. And then 1.30am Sunday. And race 13 is 5.15am Sunday. And race 14 is 7am Sunday. Doesn't sound too lucky to me. So there you go. And then the same times again for the races. So what's the race format over there? On Sunday. What's the format? Okay, well, you've got GT3. No, 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 no. What do you mean? It's just that. It's the same as it was. um, So you've basically got two qualifyings, one after the other. So bang, bang, and then so qualifying for race 13, and then 15-minute break, and then qualifying for but race is it, 14. But is it like the same as what we did in Western Australia? Yes. So it's like half, half, 30-minute break? Yeah, that's it. So you qualify for that. Yeah. No, you, no, you qualify for that yes. on the Saturday, yeah. and you do half race, 30 minutes, half, and then another half race, and yeah. then you do double qualifying on the Sunday. Same deal. For the, exactly for the, the same again. Position. Sunday's the same thing again. What do you call it, 60-60 format? Yeah, something like that, it? That's what they call it, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, same same deal, exactly the same deal. Well, there's not a lot of support racing going on, I've got to tell yeah, you. Well, but, but America's not... GT3 like, and... Um, but that's America, like, they just don't have support GT's, races. No, they go to race. They don't have full eclipse or they come here and they go, what the hell? How come there's so much racing going even, on? Even Formula 1 has no support, very virtually little support. You go to Singapore, mm. yeah, you know, like GP2, yeah. I don't need GP3s here, and you've got a Career Cup Asia race, and then, the, like, the... the, the, the 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 Teddy Marcos crash fest. <laughs> we've got to go to we've got to go up to Macau. Macau, you, you old Macau. <laughs> we've got to go to that. It would be I just so good, and I'm not a gambler, but I, I'm interested in a bit of Portuguese chicken. Because the Portuguese is that what they call the hookers up there? I don't know. Portuguese chicken. Alan. <laughs> yeah, you'll find out straight away. Um, I got on the new memories this week. He got up on the podium yet again, a, a, a second week in a row. Yeah, actually, he's had a busy week, hasn't he? Because yes. he's had, weekend before he did WEC Spa, yep. second with Aston Martin GTA, GTM. Um, so continues the lead in the AM standings. And then I don't think I think he just stayed in the pine shed at the top of Eau Rouge. <laughs> You know, it's an old bar there that wouldn't have been open. It's only open for F1 events and stuff right. like that. He would have been sleeping in that rather than go back, you know, to, to the go to back the home Go back again, yeah. To have to go and race the ADAC GT Masters with Christine where he got a second and a third in 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 that. Another podium with Christina extending her lead in it. And this weekend, straight off to... Back in the shed. Back in the shed. Back in the shed, over to uh, to Nurburgring, where he's racing the uh, the Aston Martin uh, Bilstein branded GT3, which is right. their, their top top car with with Pedro Lamy and uh, Darren oh, Turner and yeah, so they, the old hours going well. And you know, you know, Pedro Lamy, mate, with they, the family made their money from the Lamy pens. <laughs> These are the pens, like Lamy, L-A-M-Y. Pens. Is that like Byro? Except Lamy. Bic, I mean. Yeah. Bic. Except With Lamy. an extra letter. Right. <laughs> I think. So, perhaps not. Meanwhile, back in Austin. Back in Texas. St- back in Steve. Where everything's bigger. Steve. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Million dollar. Million dollar Texas man. <coughs> They're all blooming. They've all got new liveries. You've got stateside liveries. Oh, I know. So when you're watching it, eventually, when you get up bleary-eyed and go, what fucking car is that? There's a lot of fucking around doing nothing, isn't there? It'll be... To hurry up and wait for it. racing team has put an Aussie flag on the rear of James Courtney and Tanda's Commodores. Erebus has got a Stars and Stripes livery for his Merca. No one will see that, be last. And then, apparently, the uh, Falcons of... um, 
Frosty and Will, I've got some special tribute to Austin across the roof of the cars. Oh, yes, they have, because they've become... They became affiliated with the um, promotion of everybody should come to Austin for blah 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 blah, and I'm sure that it'll be uh, covered on the on, on the actual coverage. But the Kelly boys got there nice and early. I think they were there. I don't know whether they were there last weekend, um, but they've been they've been very busy. They've been rushing around to the Nissan plant where the Altima's built. Sorry, the uh, the, the fourth driver is Stephen Stephen Mooker in the. Um, who uh, is a very well-heeled, uh, well-heeled Aston Martin uh, driver. Mm-hmm. Interesting to know. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. might have mentioned this before, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mook it up. <laughs> you can mook it up, <laughs> lad. And, and, and Rick's there too in the in Aston Martin. Rick, Rick, sure. The side talker. In an Aston Martin? He's always in there. Not an RX7. He's got the dog on it. <laughs> no, no, don't say you use your size. Because you know. he, 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 he's one of those. He's, you know, he, he's he, he's become one of those, um, in the last five years, become one of those got no money type people. You know, he's gone oh, really? into the, got into the oh, I've got no money club. Yeah. You know, but they, I thought that was all of them. Are they the ones with the money? Yeah, I know. No that's money. what I mean, but I th- thought that was all of them. Those the ones that do None buy of them have dinner got any got money. Them. No, but they can buy lots of cars. They, More cars than you or no, I no, ever no, buy. No. Well, they forget to say that the sentence has been shortened. So we've got no money for you. Yeah, that's it. But they've just forgotten the for you. Hey, have you been down to that deli? Uh, are you you're opposite. You're thinking you're getting a new operation built down there in the parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and yeah. It's, it, Across the road, there is a deli there called Argo. Yeah, Argo. Yeah. On the corner. That's where I met Stoney for a coffee. And it's always busy. It is. It's always going off. Well, it used to be the Argo deli back in the old days. But it's and then, overly busy. And then now it's become the trendy spot to yeah. meet and have coffee. Because yeah. as soon as it reopened, like all revamped and, and done up with new owners and all the rest of the stuff, all of our boys who'd been wandering down to Chibos started going over the road so all of our coffee that's consumed in store is, is there and um, yeah and it's, it's good good coffee have you Pretty seen the movie Argo hmm no? oh they spoil it oh good Argo wait in the line Argo sit down <laughs> Argo fuck yourself <laughs> you Argo somewhere else <laughs> it's just too busy it's out of control. It is, it is out of control, busy, you're right. It's just silly. It's heaving, as they say. It, it, it's, it's annoying, but apparently they provide a 10-minute guarantee right. of service. And, I th- and how did I find that out? How did you find Should it? I be... I was sauntering. Sauntering there I was, up the street, just the week before I went up to, to Tilda, Inc. On a parade lap. And there was Brocky, Michael Brocko. Funny, funny. Yeah. And he was having a board meeting outside. And I said, it is a board because that's a door and that's got a piece of wood over there. <laughs> and he's telling me about it. It was a 10-minute window. And there over in the corner... Yeah. Oh, no. Hames Jarvie. <laughs> yeah, that's what I knew you were going to say. Hames Jarvie. <laughs> Million-dollar house seller. British... Mm. British touring car champion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did a project for Eric so, Sykes today. Eric Sykes. Yeah, I, I what about Hattie Jakes? Was I she there? He too? died last year, but he's back. Right. It must be. He must be on the grave. He's been, did he still have his hearing aid in? What? He's been living. <laughs> he always had a hearing. He's aid. been living. Eric Sykes. He's, he's a bit been living jazz. in Mallorca with you know who. Mm. Undercover. Yeah, he was a bit mutton Jeff, the old Eric Sykes. <laughs> he had the hearing hearing aid in. Okay, extra news. Which extra, is probably, extra. probably new, but you didn't but, uh, today that uh, Honda announced they're returning to Formula One. Good, right. With McLaren in 2015. Interesting rules. Oh, the, yes, no, I have actually heard that. The, yes. the interesting rules that if you, and it's, uh, if you are a manufacturer, yep. it's a bit, it reminds me back of the days of Mazda and Group C in 1984. But if you are a manufacturer coming in, you have to make your engine available to another team 
if requested. Right. Now, what that, I don't know what that means. <laughs> if requested. Or how those rules actually work. But, but you can't be nobody requests. And it reminds me of Alan Moffat in the Peter Stuyvesant, yes, your passport to Bathurst Pleasure. Yep. RX-7 with a fuel injection system that all the other RX-7 Group C drivers wanted with their peripheral port 13B uh, factory engines coming out of Japan, um, wanted the, wanted the, uh, the fuel injection. Until they all got to Bathurst. He, all he, no, all he had to do was provide one other team, which he did, Murray right. Carter, who was the slowest. Yep. Well, I've satisfied the regulations. That's but, right. But the trials and tribulations of getting the jetting... Oh, Jetting, and I use that a loose term because fuel and fuel injection is not. So I don't know whether no, jetting is the appropriate advanced term. Science that it with is the, with, yes, with the elevation change between yep. the bottom and the top of Bathurst was such that it would run clean at one or the other. Mm. But those were mere intricacies, considering as we moved into the nineties when the issue, the uh, the era of telemetry arrived yeah. at Bathurst where one had to use a mobile phone to send data out of the car, but using two mobile phones from two different providers, one that worked at the bottom and one that worked at the top. So you can only imagine, and it is still to this day, difficult to get data, telemetry data, out of a current Le Mans car at the back of the circuit down uh, between, um, between Mulsanne down to, through Indianapolis and, and to Anage before the signal comes back on again. Right. It certainly was with my experiences with that and definitely would be around Nordschlag. You don't think they've put another tower up since then? No, it's Telstra. <laughs> Didn't know they had a French arm. <laughs> it's a lazy one. Yeah. It's, it's the lazy. one that weighs out the window. I was like, yeah, it's like the old Bonjour. bus. Bonjour. Remember the old bus with the hand, pull the hand? Yeah, that's it. Middle arm. We're turning right. Lazy arm. <laughs> I go, right, fuck yourself. Right. I go. What? What? What are you pointing at? I want to pause. Oh, you want to pause. Well, why don't you just say you want to pause? <laughs> oh, well, we're just going to get another beer. Well, I'll pause oh, it. I'm going to get another beer then. Pause it. Right, that's better. Got, got my beer. Dogs are on Hello, the dogs. table. Dogs are on the table. Yeah. Candles lit. Winter's coming in. It is. You can feel the cold, can't mm. you? Once that sun goes down, it gets chilly, Rust. Well, there's, there's a bit of noise, I suppose, about... Just to, just to finish off on F1, there's a bit of noise that 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 there could be the Long Beach Grand Prix could be coming back to being really? a Formula One Formula no, One race, which would, which would mean they got you know from no nothing going on in America, yeah, to inundation. Well, Watkins Glen would be great if it came back. It was a great um, circuit, yeah, was but great I don't know circuit. what the specification yeah. of whether it's up to standard. I wouldn't have thought so. Um, I'm, I'm a bit dubious of whether the New Jersey race is ever going to happen, but it would be great because there's a huge population there. Um, and what else we got? Well, they do oh, and right, um, and the, the Circuit of America is where the yeah. stupid cars are this weekend. Yeah. So. Mm. so the big push for Formula One in the US has really turned into a big push. And if they embrace it, hopefully, if they embrace well, it... Well, it's a large consumer it, market, isn't well, it? Is. So it's like, The point is, it's still... It, I, think, I think the internet has probably helped Formula One in terms of the internet generation and their ability to tune into things that are happening all over the world via the web um, is actually helping. Because America was always an entity unto itself and, and all very secular... And like we do everything and we do it great and where is the rest of the world? Well, but we'll now they're actually well, connected. Well, it'll be interesting to see what whether the unsanitised information about how successful this has been. Mm. At, you know the V8 supercars over there. It's either going to be a great success or it won't go ahead again. Yeah. And you know, there's, you can do all the media push and all this and getting the. the Kurt Bush or oh, down there right, and the hanging around with front. basketball stars, but at the end of the day, if they don't want it, mm. Mm. so no, it's an interesting weekend. And it must. I have to say that I am I'm a bit disappointed that I, I am not there and, and also not doing Indianapolis. But one has to focus on core business, and I think that I would be rather. It, I, I could see that there was zero value in in from a business perspective to go there. Yeah, yeah. 
but I see opportunities certainly with um, with Le Mans 24 Hour coming up, and then right. perhaps the following weekend onto the British Grand Prix. Well, that'd be good, and that would that's, make and sense. That's perfect. And, and you know, I've got all the ins there. Yeah, and I exactly. think you know, I, I think, but the that'd be far more value for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The business future's yeah. there, and you know, but I won't have to do it. Pov store. Cool. Well, what's the longest drift you reckon you could do? I don't know, but there's, uh, there's some pretty good stuff going on in Japan. <laughs> Definitely the guys in Japan. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently it's not in Japan. And what sort of car would you do a long drifting? Oh, mate, I, that's an erroneous question, isn't it? Well, oh, yeah, but I mean, immediately you talk drift, you think Japan, you think Japanese cars, rah, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, I have no idea. Okay, well... I've got to tell because, you. Because, you know, you take... It's out of context, isn't it? You it say, is. It's totally you, out of so context. So, like, I would have gone, uh, like, a Toyota S16 with all the rubber and the engine and, and a nice big, wide, yeah. long-radius corner. Mm. S18. Well, the guy who did it is a guy named John... No, Johan, sorry. Johan Schwartz. And he's not German. He's American. And he spent a large slab of last Saturday in a continuous drift... That covered, go on, guess how much? I don't know. But guess the distance. Were, were they, were it's they, going to be something stupid. Were, were they, were they concrete tyres? No. <laughs> 51.28 miles. On one set? Yep, on one set. It was apparently he did 322.5 laps around a skid pan at the BMW Performance Centre near Greenville, South Carolina. In, in a BMW? In a BMW M5, 2013, unmodified. Oh, and all it had time? was Continental Conti Sport Ultra High Performance tyres with different different sizes. The rears were bigger than the, the, the fronts. But because it's a skid pan, they watered it constantly for the whole time he was there. So basically he took off, oh, he wasn't slung chilling. the arse out, and then just kept the boot it, into it. Is that, it is that when the tyres popped round and round and round? No, the tyres didn't pop, I don't well, think. Well, did he just have enough? I think, yeah, I reckon, yeah. Well, I mean, the, Where the, would you have the, enough? You just the go previous like, record was 6.95 miles, so he didn't do bad well, doing 51 well, did, He would have started out in the morning, wouldn't he? And he was going, look, I, 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 I feel like a bit of a continental hot dog. <laughs> well, it's, apparently the drift record, it, it was a week of events that led to the BMW Charity Pro-Am, which I'm presuming is a, some sort of race or whatever, and it raised over $20,000 US in charitable donations. So, there you go. And there is a video of it if you uh, Google it on... Uh, if you Google it, if you go well, on YouTube... Well, why don't you just put it up on Radio Hotland? Uh, because I haven't actually looked for it yet. Well, when so you I'm go on, there's a, you've got a little task. Yeah. Now, interestingly, on the side of the car... Is that a deflection that you won't be doing that? No, it's not a deflection that I won't be doing that. On the side of the car, both sides, it had world record longest drift... And then a gap, and then miles before. So they filled it in. So they filled in the fifty-one point two seven eight miles. No, you can't see. Um, I didn't bring that picture. Um, before they took the photo oh, with, the, the with the texture. Yeah. No, no, no. They had stick on letters, but they just left that little gap in the middle. So there you go. And that's about all the car stuff now. I've got nothing else. Well, is the text on there? Must be. All right, bitch away. Bitch away. No, I'm not going to bitch. I'm not going to talk about bitching. You know, I, I'm, I'm actually quite okay with all this Adobe cloud, creative cloud concept, and it's sort of, it's certainly clarified some things in my mind. Um, okay, so recapping is that Adobe has decided to not to move away completely now from the box boxed, product. box yep. product, and it's a downloaded only version. But the cop, but the, but the implication to me initially was that you were using applications across the cloud no where you're it not. Isn't. you download them from the cloud they're still, they're still installed locally yeah, but they wouldn't, there was huge amounts of people who did not know that there was an in local install yeah. at all it right. didn't make it, it, it appeared they like, it was a cloud like, based app. like it was yeah. like photoshoponline.com yes, yeah. and so therefore the if you had poor, poor, poor network performance living in Kubernetes that would be, be crappy Yep. So that's not the case. It's the full functionality, and, and, and all you needed to do was ping the activation server once a month to ensure that you were valid and so on that's like right. that. And I thought, for a very reasonable twenty nine ninety nine per month, US dollars, not well, English got, expen- got expensive this week, isn't it? <laughs> yes. For those who are CS three or above, yep. 
can transition into that for the first year off contract. Mm. So, but that's uh, a special introductory price, though. But you don't need to go. You know, don't need to so. go any further than a year. But, but you, you know, you could buy. If you actually do the. I mean, the thing that upsets me about it is you get your lunch cut. Well, apart from the fact that we're getting our lunch cut, we've still got the opportunity. We can still sell Creative Cloud to teams of five users or more, and we get commission on that. And but then how? If they renew, just do it themselves. If they renew yearly, then you get commission but on the renewal. Just, yeah, but and, and, you know, of course they will, because it'll just... That's it's a, sort of it's sitting there, and they've chance. got used to doing them going to the website. I mean, you might get the first You might get the first gig. Yeah. Like you said, the on-game, but, you know, you're going to have to sell us out. Well, I have had what. clients who, who are equally as upset because... Why? Because a lot of clients will buy a creative suite, and they'll they'll basically buy it when it first comes out, and then they'll use it for two, three years, and then upgrade again. What's wrong so with if it? you actually amortise the price based on the $49 price on an average of four applications over a three-year period, you're paying twice as much for subscription as you would be paying if you bought a box copy. And you haven't got the convenience of having it sitting there if you want to reinstall it. So the problem there is that if you've got a hard drive, if you've got a machine and the hard drive craps itself when it's 18 months old, for argument's sake, for whatever reason, even if it's replaced under warranty, you've still got to reinstall everything. Now, because your hard drive's crapped itself, the installer you downloaded, which is a gigabyte for Creative Suite from Adobe's website, no longer exists. So you've then got to re-download it all over again before you can even reinstall it. Well, you shouldn't be selling computers with crappy hard drives, should you? <laughs> Hard but drives yeah. are a commodity these days. Yeah, but JP, you know, you, know, you can't have it all. I think I, I actually think it's an okay <coughs> solution. No, you know, I think it, I, I think it's an okay solution. I just think it's probably about two years premature. Uh, well, yeah, but at the end of the day, the Adobe's business is going away, and they've tr- they've tr- chosen to do that. I, I for me as a yeah. CS three user, yeah, and I'm happy because I don't need to use anything much more than CS three for the mm. stuff I'm doing. I use other tools, and I. And the and why I won't use I don't like Photoshop CS6 is because I can't have a white background. I want yes, I white. Yeah. I don't like the dark background. Mm-hmm. I want the white background that I'm traditionally used to. Anyway, I think it'll, it's an opportunity to, to go forward. And but I can see yeah. from your perspective, it's just yet another nail in the coffin of the value-added services. Exactly. Um, and uh, and I bet there's I bet they're all very quiet from Adobe lately. Well, the other thing too is that that what annoys me to a degree is that we've promoted and supported their product for all of those years and now suddenly we've had the rug pulled from under us and you can't tell me that the if, Merkin, you're, if you're Merkin. one of my clients and you've installed it and something's screwed up, the chances are that if you ring me, I've already heard about it from another client who's had the same problem and I know what the workaround is. But there are going to be all of these individual users who will no longer ring us because we didn't supply it, so therefore we don't know the pitfalls, or therefore they don't know the pitfalls from us, and they're all going to get frustrated. And I do believe that Adobe had better be using the money to put on a lot more tech support staff that are easily accessible to help with the little glitches that are inevitably going to come along. It's like a digital Merkin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. What else? Oh, yeah, 50 billion downloads from the App Store this week. I've got some lights coming. 10 grand? I've got some lights. What sort of lights? I've got some lights. I've got three lights, light bulbs, being shipped to me from America. Three light bulbs? Three light bulbs, special light bulbs, LED light bulbs that are a Wi-Fi connectivity chip built inside that. Right, and I can put them into my regular 240 connect, mm-hmm. screw them in, wireless. Take a photo of this scene here, yeah. And with the application, if I drag my my finger across the colour of that uh, flame there from the, yeah. uh, the the candle, the lights will reflect that. The lights will reflect that. Will reflect the colour as I change. If I take a photo of here okay. now. The colours will change, and I can set up all sorts of sequences and everything like that. Very interesting, and it's also uh, the the it's controllable through location services. So I when I when 
that when I have my iPhone in my pocket and I'm arriving home, the lights detect that I'm arriving home and that they will turn on into a sequence that I may have predetermined. Might be Christmas time, so I'd like the lights to be white, green and red. Right. Or I could set the lights to be perfectly uh, a, a very, very, very low blue light at night in my bedroom so yeah. that they then change gradually at the same time every day to give the perfect concept of sunrise to wake me up normally. Right. As they do on planes and stuff like that. Mm. Also, it's um, aware... Um, I've become aware of a new technology called um, uh, 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 IFT, uh, which is if this then that, which is a... At a, it's a, you create recipes. A recipe is such that if this happens, then do that, which might mean if I check in on Foursquare to this restaurant, turn my light on red, or or if you exactly if you turn, if you check in, turn my light on red, or uh, you know flash the light red just right. before one minute before the news on SBS is turning up. So you know. All sorts it's of like things. It's like an alarm clock type of deal. But, but clever. very, very, very Intelligent clever. lighting. And intelligent, very much intelligent lighting. So I've got a, I've got, got a starter kit coming out from the US. It'll arrive Monday. And, uh, and it's not sure. Will it work on 240 volts? Yeah, they're 110. They're not 110. 110 to 240. Ah, oh, right, okay. So they're switching. But uh, not $250 for a starter kit. Right. Which comes with a little base station. So. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I'd. See the, Sounds very interesting. But of course, you could, you know, you could ask it to go. Please change the lights in accordance to what the music is playing on yes. iTunes. Yep. So it's disco lights. Y you could think of it like that, but the c the control of it is completely through the iPhone interface, iPad interface, um, uh, over Wi-Fi, which I think is actually mm. pretty clever. That's cool. That's very cool. Now, apparently, more yeah. on that later. But it's all a bit secret at the moment. Oh, secret squirrel. Apparently in the US on the weekend, um, Bill Gates was interviewed on 60 Minutes. And he had a few things to say about, obviously, lots and lots of different bits and pieces. But he was talking about Steve Jobs. And um, he said that Steve had an intuitive sense for marketing that was amazing. He knew about brand in a very positive sense. And his sense of design, that everything had to fit a certain aesthetic. The fact that he, with as little engineering background as he had, it shows that design can lead you in a good direction. So it was just interesting, I thought, that, that they quoted those particular bits from the interview. Hopefully we'll get it on our own 60 minutes here. It so. appears that, uh, that, uh, that that HTC First phone with Facebook Home oh, yeah, it's turned out to be a huge failure. Yeah, that's right. Mate, it's freezing out here. Discounted to five we, we get, just, Well, we're just about finished anyway. No, it's so too cold, I can't. I'm going to die get out, out of here. here. We'll just get out. I'm dying. Well, we'll just finish up. We're just about <laughs> at the end anyway. See, Dell's profit plunged 79% as the takeover battle between Michael Dell and some investor called Carl Ekan. Ekan uh, do it. Hots up. Apparently, income was down 51% to 372 mil from 761 mil in the previous year. And now, finally, in tech time, I got a nice email from Linotype the other day. And they, they send out one a month with all their latest fonts and everything else. I, I get a weekly font shop. Yeah, well, and I enjoy looking at fonts. I'm yeah, like well, I like looking at fonts too. And they're promoting or re promoting. A classic typeface, first published in 1977, the same year I came to Australia. But, but, uh, No, Bengway. Bengway? Yeah! <laughs> Art Nouveau Elements. Oh, give us a look. Look, it looks cool, doesn't it? I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's one of my favourites. I know, I, I just thought like that's my name on the media card when I go to Le Mans. Hello, I'm Francois Bengway. <laughs> and, and I do feature films. <laughs> Bankway. So anyway, there you go. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, very good. All right. Well, oh, now, got, now snacks and food. Snacks and food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have snacks you got anything, food. or will I have a little bit of a recap of my little pasta? I think you dish. should have a recap of your pasta dish, personally, because I've got nothing that's startlingly new or well, whatever so that I've I just recently. basically I went down and got a few little, little old green green prawns. Got ten green prawns. Yep. Ten green prawns. 
And one rolled over and the other rolled over. So, 10 green prawns. Hanging I left on the wall. The, <laughs> I in the pan. And um, I, I cut the tails off and, you know, got the little rubbish bit out. Yep. And I put them in a little bowl with a bit of very good oil with some chilli and a little bit of a little bit of garlic. Just yep. rub them up in there all together. Let them sit there for about half an hour. And uh, then I got some spaghettini, not spaghetti, spaghettini number three. That's the really thin one. Really thin one. It's thinner than thin. In fact, it's, (laughs) it's, uh, oh, geez, it's, uh, how would you? It's not quite like maidenhead, though, is it? Thin. Not in ferns. (laughs) (laughs) i get to the ferns later. Right. (laughs) Well, Radio Hot Up, we do barbecues, motorsport, and ferns. And ferns. (laughs) <laughs> How does your fin? <laughs> um, so I, uh, blah, 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 I've got a bit of speck, chunked right. it up, like sort of like uh, cube, yeah. like, like a dice size, fried them, fri- hmm? ten mil square, five mil square, a, a, like a, a poker dice, <laughs> poker dice, but at least ten mil square then, probably more like about fifteen. Anyway. You don't have to be precisely like that. Well, I just wanted an idea of how finely you chop. Look, just chop the fuckers up. All right. Not chunks. <laughs> not, it's not like not chunky. It's not like like bacon that right. you'd have on on a bloody Kilpatrick. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Right. Not that fine. Dice. Mm. But not diced. Okay. <laughs> Fry them up because a little fat that they come out. Then I. Got put the garlic back, took it out of the, the prawns and put that in there. Fried that up gently. But I'd also had the basically got the um, spaghettini going for four minutes. Yep. Boiled that up. Lots of water because spaghetti needs lot. Mm. Pasta needs like ten to one. So put lots and lots of water. You can never go wrong with that, even though you think it's much more than you have with rice. And then just drained that out. And then I put the pasta. I put the pasta in. And let it fry up for about 30 seconds and then put the other little suckers in as so well. So everything just went back in yep. the pan, basically. Put it all like in the pan, and a half, turned minutes. it around, and then at the last minute chucked in a, some, a, good, a good handful of... of um, uh, papa, parsley. Yeah, really finely, finely diced papa, papa, parsley. And then dished it up. And it's like, it's a, two minutes done yeah. like that. You can put a little lid over if you want. You don't want to overcook those prawns because they'll cook so yeah, you easily. Don't, want to overcook don't forget the either. latent heat yeah. as you blend the the the, part, mm. the the hot spaghetti spaghettini through, and as it sits in the plate there, when you drizzle a little bit of fresh oil over the top, and really good quality oil. I'm just coming to learn about oil, JP. It's 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 it's. You bit, need good stuff. Well, you know, as Dick Johnson said, you know, you only got to stop. Well, you only worry when it stops blowing smoke. <laughs> At your and it was a, as a good dish. Well, it sounds good. So next uh, next, next, next week, I'll uh, I'll make one up for you. Oh, I won't have to. I'll try it then. And that's it for tonight. Beautiful. Right. Unless you want to say something else. No, I'm done. It's freaking cold. It is. Good night, viewers. Good night, viewers.